Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holiday. Isaac Bruce is back in the building. What's up, man? What's going on, Doc, man? I sure have missed this show, missed this time, man. And uh, really uh, being able to share my thoughts, man. How was your weekend, Doc? I mean, man, it was, it was well, bro. It was well. It was blessed, man. Got a little rain, man. But other than that, it was cool, man. You know, I'm healthy. Everybody's healthy, man. Today, my daughter's my youngest daughter, Mackenzie Holiday's 21st birthday. So, man, everything is well. How about yours, man? Oh, man, it's awesome. It's glad. I'm glad to hear all that snow has melted from you guys up there. It's back to uh, being normal uh, winter slash springtime for you Memphians up there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. But my weekend was awesome, man. I'm uh, Just to tell you and, and just give some insight about the weekend, man. You know, me as a fam, we as a family, we we celebrated Purim this weekend, man, as a family. So it's the first time as a Bruce household that we were able to uh, celebrate that holiday, man, strictly from the Bible, biblical from a biblical standpoint. So we ended up going, uh, you know, checking into a hotel, uh, spent time at the beach, and that's that's a strange thing because a lot of Floridians like myself, we don't go to beach. Yeah. You know, the beach is there. That's for tourists, but. Uh, we uh, ended up going to the hotel, man, got us some nice Purim T-shirts, uh, represented the culture, represented who we are as a people. Uh, you know, you know, for a lot of people out there that don't know, um, you know, that that holiday itself is uh, has become a has been a memorial uh, for our people a very long time. man. just, you know, just going way back to the uh, into another land of captivity where we were and uh, how God delivered us uh, from apparent annihilation from another nation. So, uh, you know, we thought about that. We, we, we meditated on that all week. We had the book of Esther just playing and flowing in our cars. And, uh, we, we even watched uh, Esther, uh, via the veggie tales, man. If you've never seen Esther via the veggie tales, man, that's something you got to go and watch, man. Cause it's, yeah. I'm hooked on it. Doc. And it's, you know, they got some funny sayings in it, the way they twisted and turned it, but it was all truth. But, uh, you know, as a family, we celebrated that first, that first uh, Purim together, and it was special, man. We're looking forward to the next time. All praises to the Most High, man. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a very, very huge, huge <laughs> holiday and event in, in, in the history of our people. Of, you know, so 
All praises to the Most High, man. Glad to hear that, man. Hey, babe, hey, we missed it last week too, though, man. We missed you on the show, man. You know, when I when I release episodes, bro, understand you have things going on. I got, but you know what I'm saying. People may, you know, they tune in, man. They be looking for Isaac Bruce, man. They, they I mean, they like me, but they, you know, they be like, well, Isaac, get, man. But you know, I, I had to tell them, man, that sometimes you have things coming up. You're a lot more busy than me, man. You got all these things, you know. You got the family, man. That the 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 first family down there, the Isaac Bruce Logistics, Isaac Bruce. Uh, the Bruce Zone, Isaac Bruce Foundation. What am I missing, man? Isaac Bruce Enterprises. What am I missing, bro? Well, what they got to realize is that, you know, you know, you're based in Memphis. I used to live in Memphis. And Memphis is a huge wrestling city. That Let's not get it twisted. You got basketball, then there's wrestling. You know what I mean? Let's be no. real about it. So we're, we're a tag team, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sometimes I can't make it. I tag you in and you can't make it. I'll tag, tag you. You come in and, you know, hold them. And I'll come off the top rope on them, Doc. But... You know, it's always it's always good to be back, man. I try my best to be here every week and uh, just give our thoughts and share our thoughts with, uh, you know, the Ram Nation, man, the Ram family, the Ramily. No doubt about it. Yeah, I understand that, man. They know that, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's just good to see your face and your voice, bro. <laughs> uh, but also, man, you know, it's a couple of things I want to talk about, man. Last week we touched on, you know, I touched on, uh, you know, the Rams having, you know, uh, uh, option you know, the franchise tag some dudes. They haven't done it yet, man. I kind of touched on that. Should they? You know, uh, I wanted to ask you, though. You know, should they? You know, my whole thing is that they probably won't. But if I had to, man, you know, between Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill, and I call him J3, John Johnson the third. My choice, if they had to tag anybody, if they will, would be John Johnson the third because he's a dude in the, you know, that defensive backfield that's taking care of business. Leonard Floyd, I feel you, man. Hughes, year 10 and a half sacks, but we know where a lot of them sacks came from because of AD. But real quickly, if you had a choice, if you was in that front office, he was like, okay, you all, we got we got to franchise tag somebody. Who would you think about? Well, you know, first of all, I think it's still good that we got that tag in our back pocket uh, to use if, ne- if necessary. But just, just considering the people that we have as unrestricted free agents, uh, we have the right of first refusal. Uh, as far as that tag is as tag is concerned, I, I don't think that we have a, a guy that's going to be on the market where you have to say, you know, we got to have this guy right here. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest because we we picked Floyd up, uh, you know, off off the street and brought him in, uh, and he he flourished, uh, which is what what you want. Uh, Johnson Johnson is a guy that we drafted. You know, he he's a guy that. Uh, we developed into the player that he is right now. And and let's be real, out of those two positions, defensive end and be, being a safety, you know, the emphasis on what you want to do defensively always starts with being able to pressure the quarterback. Yeah. And, and Floyd being one of those guys who can get to the quarterback uh, one-on-one and, you know, really benefit for what we have up front from the Brockers and from Aaron Donalds, you know, he's shown that he can produce at a very high level. Now, if I had to tag one of those two guys, I think Floyd would be that guy, but I don't think we're in a situation where, you know, we have to place that tag. Maybe some something or some other veteran comes up, kind of like Floyd, uh, uh, you know, from free agency, or we find one via the draft and, and bring this guy in, uh, you know, with the same skill set. You know, he's going to be uh, uh, facing a lot of one-on-one uh, most of the games this year, and maybe he produces at that same rate. So I don't think it's really – paramount that we really tag one of these guys i think we can p- plug and play you know not no disrespect to what we have but you know we'd love to have johnson come back i mean he's the quarterback in the backfield so yeah but if you had to tag one i i, I think it would be floyd uh placing that 
that tag on Floyd. But I don't think he will this year. I got you. And I, hey, something I I said as well, man. Now we franchise tag sounds all good and stuff, man. You know, for the team, but players like no, don't please don't put that tag on me, man. I'm trying to get that loot, dog. I'm trying to get a long term deal and get that loot, man. You know, and 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 that's the I guess that's the other side of it, man. You know, yeah. the team you have that option to tag a guy, but then you tag a guy, you know, you get him for at least another year. He mad as hell and pissed off because he was hoping and looking for a long term deal. So you know, how do you deal with a situation like that if you you are that player you hoping to get this big money and they put their tag on you you're like man come on dog come on well well to me doc that doesn't end the hope the hope the hope doesn't end there i mean we jesse jackson that thing keep hope alive (laughs) and you you just you put it like this doc here's how you look at it okay i got 10 sacks this past year right so if i'm leonard floyd and they tag me that tag is probably like 15 16 17 million dollars yeah. you know the cap's going down a little it's projected to go down a little bit but you know that's from an owner standpoint we'll we'll keep that quiet but yeah. at the same time if i go in and i they tag me and i take this tag of 17 million i'm making a million dollars a week a little bit more than a million dollars a week doc so um you you know we've seen other players bet on themselves uh flacco he betted on himself so you know we have that confidence as athletes Hey man, I did this last year. I can duplicate my same performance, my my same uh, production level, or maybe even higher. Now, if he has that mindset and plays the entire season, or has the entire off season, then plays the entire season with that mindset and goes out and does this thing, he puts himself in a very special position because bam, he just got a seventeen million dollar bonus for seventeen weeks, and now you're a free agent again. Now, just, I mean, just imagine being. 26 years old and being an unrestricted free agent, man. I mean, I, I I could never conceive that thought when I played Doc. But when I see some of these guys, I remember Sammy Watkins, he became an unrestricted free agent at the age of 26 with no tag. You know, he's free to go. He, you know, speed, he's explosive. He can make plays happen. But, uh, you know, just to, just imagine being on the open market, man, and just having your, your you know, your, your choice of where you want to go play and having people vying for your services. So that that would be a great position to be in. Yeah, you made a great point too, bro. A million dollars a week, man. You can't you can't ever be you what? can't ever be mad. And you know you're gonna get at least 17 weeks. So Absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't ever be mad at that. Now let me speaking about, about being mad, this is what I want to talk about today, man. Should the Rams fans be mad at head coach Sean McVay next season if they don't win the Super Bowl. Not go to the Super Bowl because my wondering is, is he under more pressure now because Les Snead has gone out, answered the Hughes question. You, you need a quarterback. We got to upgrade from Jerry Goff. Went out and got Matthew Stafford. Then, then pretty much put all the cards on the table, man. We're going all in next season to try to win the Super Bowl. So is Sean McVay under more pressure to win the Super Bowl next season now that he has – Matthew Stafford, even if they don't add any other big pieces on offense, he has that. Everybody say that's what was missing. And if McVay doesn't lead the Rams, doesn't lead us to a Super Bowl championship next season, will he still be considered this brilliant young coach, Isaac? Because that's what we've been giving him for the last past seasons. Now, if he don't win next season, you know, under pressure, and will he still be considered this brilliant young coach? Well, I I can answer the second half of that question, the B part of that question very easily. I mean, he takes his team to the Super Bowl uh, again. So that'd be, what, two and four years uh, before the age of 40? 
I, I think he would be. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think he would be still be considered one of those uh, uh, elite coaches in the league. Now, you know, the pressure question, Doc, it's like this. When I look at Sean McVay, um, uh, it's no different from when I see you or when I look in the mirror myself as, as being high achievers. So what does that mean? We set the standard. We set the bar high for ourselves. Yeah. So we create our own pressure, Doc. That's what we do. Because we can see we have a vision on how this how this thing is going to turn out, how it's going to end. So that pressure doesn't come from an outside source, but it comes from an inner source. So it's, it's something that we created. Now, I'm sure with the addition of Matthew Stafford, you know, that answered a lot of questions for us as a franchise, as an offense, and as a defensive unit that has been playing uh, lights out these last couple of years. So for Sean McVay to now have everything that he needs or in-house as far as the quarterback position is concerned, I think he's added the pressure on himself. I think it would be a disappointment to himself if, if, if the Rams don't end up being in the Super Bowl and being the last team standing on that podium, man, holding that Lombardi trophy. So it's, I think it's, it's coming from a, uh, 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 inside part of him, uh, whereabout he's created this pressure for himself, which I can totally, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as, as as far as his thinking, as far as that concerned. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be a disappointment, but if it, it first, it won't come from outside. It won't come from the fans and, you know, that Ramley that we have, but it would definitely come from himself because I think once again, like you, like myself, the, the bar is set real high and we're expecting not only to, to, to climb those heights, but that next one, that next one that shows up as well. I totally agree with you, man. He still will be considered a brilliant mind and a brilliant head coach, you know, even if the Rams don't win the Super Bowl next season, because you, as you said, man, still a young guy. I mean, he would have taken us to two Super Bowls, but, you know, of course the Ramley and everybody's expecting and hoping for a championship next season, especially after, you know, adding Matthew Stafford. No, no, no one wants to hear any excuses, uh, but he is on, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. He is under some pressure, and I think his pressure is self-imposed because he's a high achiever. He expects a lot from himself. And as you said, you are correct. We expect way more from ourselves than anybody else could possibly do. We put pressure on ourselves when other people are not even thinking about that. They see us doing something like, hey, you're doing a great job. But in our mind, we like, man, you know, I could do so much better. I'm expecting so much better of myself. So I think Sean McVay is under that same vein as well. And, uh, I know he does feel some pressure, but it's some good pressure. Uh, and But does he feel also some pressure with the Rams this offseason coming up? We got Matthew Stafford. We answered that question. But my whole thing is now, man, should we be done on offense? Because I still, I still think we need somebody, man. We need an explosive dude. We need an explosive receiver. Daryl Henderson has, the, you know, we, the running backs have a – they have the ability to give us an explosive big play, but they hadn't really done it. Should that be our next target this offseason, whether it's in the draft or, you know, free agent? Get us an explosive playmaker. We talked about it as, as uh, shortly before, whether it's a receiver that can go deep. But, dog, we got to have an explosive playmaker on offense, man. We got to get one, bro. Well, to, to be honest, man, I mean, you know, you know, many a times I, I always like to say that I don't like – to kill my wounded. Uh, that being that being said, you know Jared Goff is no longer part of Los, Los Angeles Rams franchise. I mean, he's moved on. He's in Detroit now. You know, you know I hope all the best for him. But it, it, it's a it's, it's amazing because Doc, we had that element. We had that element of explosion, 
And I'm talking about 20 yards down the field, being able to take the top off the defense with those players like Brandon Cooks. Yes. Um, I'm really not sure if that element was forced out of our playbook because of the personnel that we had with Jared Goff. It got to a point where, uh, you know, in the, in the first two years of uh, Sean McVay's stint, you know, we saw the ball flying down the field quite often. And I mean, with these guys, these same guys, a lot of these same guys, Robert Wood, Cooper Cup, they were all part of what we were doing 20 yards down the field. So yeah. um, I'm not sure if that element, that part of it left because, you know, Jared Goff was, was lacking confidence or if it was McVay, his, his lack of confidence in Jared Goff to get, get the job done. Did we really want to have him uh, drop back five yards, drop back seven yards deep and sitting in the pocket? And, and, and as detrimental as he was with holding the football, did we really want to put him in that situation? Did, could we trust him to be in that situation and push the ball down the field? It seemed like we couldn't, man. So, so that being said, man, we have to look in our locker room first and foremost to see what kind of guys at the receiver position do we have. Can Robert Woods still go down the field 20 yards deep, make explosive plays? Can Cooper Cup do that? Hey, man, we paid them like they could. I mean, we gave them – we extended them like they could. We brought in a Van Jeff, Jefferson like he could do those things. Like, we could get him acclimated in our system. What we're going to look at, we, first of all, we're going to give these guys opportunity. But I think we also can take a page out of the Pittsburgh Steelers playbook as far as drafting wide receivers because they do a tremendous job, Doc, finding these gems in the later rounds third, fourth round picks, guys who come in and play really well. They got one out of Notre Dame this past year who could have been a second-team All-Pro with his production level, man. So we take a page out of their book and find this guy who can really take this top off the defense. He can be 4-3, 4-2. He can be a 50-50. Uh, you know, it's 50-50 if he catches the ball. But at the same time, if you put him out there, you have to make sure that you have a safety over the top. And that just adds so much to the to the offense, man. It adds so much to our running game, our approach, and it adds so much to what Cooper Cup and what Robert Woods can do underneath. No doubt about it, man. And, <clears throat> and, and speaking of Jerry Goff, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up off of him, man, you know, because he doesn't play for us anymore. But uh, I did want to pose this question now. When, when Goff struggled under Jeff Fisher, then Sean McVay came in. And Sean McVay turned him around. Everybody calls Sean McVay this great quarterback coach. You know, he got the most out of Jared. Jared, hey, he responded well to McVay. McVay got a lot of credit. Last couple of seasons, golf been kind of trash. Now he gone. Golf getting a lot of blame. Let me ask you, does Sean McVay deserve some of that blame as well with Jared Goff's regression? Because he got a lot of credit when Jared Goff shined and played so much better with Jeff Fisher. But now that he's these last couple of seasons, he played so badly that we had to get him out of here. Golf getting all the blame, which rightfully so, because he's a professional. But does McVay share in that blame at all? Because he couldn't get the same out of golf and do the same things with him that he did when golf had that, you know, just such great season when he led us to the Super Bowl. Well, well here's the way I see it. Um, I think as players, we have the responsibility of growing ourselves. I mean, there's nothing stopping, uh, you know, us as players from added film study, uh, uh, physically going in and, and working on your footwork, going in a weight room, becoming stronger, 
you know, uh, hiring a psychologist, uh, a sports psychologist to help your mental part of it, your mental preparation. There's nothing that stops that. So does Coach McVay deserve some credit when he came in and turned turned what was a dormant quarterback into one of the most prolific quarterbacks during that time and Jared Goff into one of the, you know, maybe top 12 quarterbacks in the league? Of course he does. He, he, he deserves that credit because when he was with Jeff Fisher, you know, he, it, we, were, we were asking, why, why did we draft this guy? Yeah. I mean, for what reason is he on the field with us? And then McVay comes in, we shine a light on that, that combination, his ability to, you know, take a player and make him a Pro Bowl player. He did that. So now there's always responsibility that falls on the player, Doc. We have to do, we have to grow up ourselves. We have to, uh, someone teaches us how to eat oatmeal and then we have to learn to feed ourselves because it got to the point where you could just see in the body language of Jared Gold, man, there was no confidence in him, man. You know, how, how can you lead a team being in, in the leadership position on an offense and your body language is like, oh, war is me. Oh, here we go again. I don't yeah. think I can do this. And I felt like we, we talked about it a couple of times after, after games, specifically the Miami debacle down here in South Florida, how we were just totally upset how that position, the quarterback position, you know, you should be more aware of what's going on. You should be more aware of uh, uh, eight, nine, ten guys in a box when you have a guy that's uncovered. It, that, that the line can't pick them up. They're not going to be able to slide that way to get the ball out of your hands quick because you can feel this guy coming. That's that's maturity from a quarterback standpoint, and that's all not all based on the player, but the majority of it should be based on the player because you should see this in, in film study. You should you should ha- have seen this from from the the Dolphins head coach. He was on the defensive staff of the New England Patriots when they beat us in the Super Bowl with the very same defense that destroyed us, that limited us to three points in the Super Bowl, came right back in Miami and played the exact same style of defense. Doc, that comes from an awareness of, number one, of your quarterback position, who's supposed to be the coach on the field. And if you don't see it, if you don't see that maturation in that position from that from that guy, man, you got to move on. So some, uh, if we're going to blame McVay at all, you're going to put very little on him and put most of it on self-development as a player. And I think Jared Goff, he missed it. Yeah, he missed it. And, and you know, we're not going to miss him. That's why he's up out of here. I totally agree with you, man. But I did have to pose that question. That's why he had to get gone. And speaking of getting gone, though, the Rams have had a lot of assistant coaches, man, to get gone, man. Now, he got a lot of new dudes, you know, on his on his staff, McVay does, and – I look at it, man, you know, dudes still have to be, you know, professionals, man. These are grown men they're dealing with, man. A lot of times, some of these players know more than some of these coaches. But, you know, fans look like, like, hey, man, they got a lot of, you know, new coaches. Is that going to affect anything? How big of a deal is that to you, man? You know, I say, you know, not much at all. But how, how big of a deal is it to you? Well, I'm with you, man. It's, it's not a huge deal because you know the, the heavy turnover of, of, of coaching in the coaching arena, man. We got friends that coach. He's probably at LSU one year. Next year, he's probably North Carolina. So there's high turnover in that in that position. So now going back to putting the onus on player development, bro, you have to you have to be an active participant in your own development. We just talked about that with Jared Goff. So um, you know when you when you see an Aaron Donald, how many coaches say you think Aaron Donald has had since he's been with the Los Angeles Rams? I'd say more than two. Yeah, more than two. So so at some point. 
you got to learn to have to uh, train by yourself. You have to learn to work out by yourself. You have to learn to, 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 to watch film by yourself. A lot of that falls on the player. And I used to hear that a lot, man, with a lot of former quarterbacks. And one in particular that I'm thinking about, he was my former teammate. You know, the biggest question about him was always the big excuse was made for him was that, you know, he's had five or six offense coordinators since he's been in the league. And, I'm, and I would always think, well, so what? The only difference is you're learning different language, man. Yeah. You're just learning a different, you know, the concepts are, are similar. You're just learning this guy's, this new coordinator's language, how he talks and how he calls his play. And that's all you need to know. So that that was a built-in excuse for that player. And I really never agreed with it because, man, I had seven, maybe seven or eight head coaches and probably seven, probably five different position coaches. It, it's about that player development and being able to watch film on your own. And, you know, for me, coaches, all coaches, what coaches do is just present to you a game plan, a point of attack. And uh, make sure that you're, you're you're playing up to their standard when they come in. So, you you know you're right. A lot of the current players that are on the team, they can run that. They can run their position. You know, without a coach yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and that's for real, man. Because I, you know, to be honest, you all, uh, when you somebody like Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, basically what happens is you you have the position coach. Let's say the defensive line coach. They look at that film and they'll be like, you know, Aaron. What do you think about this? I have an idea, but Thank what you. do you think? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, bro. I mean, I'll tell you why. Because you can have a defensive line coach that just happens to be a friend of the head coach. Yeah. But that defensive line coach, he plays safety in college. Yeah. He plays safety in the league. Or he, he was an offensive player or offensive coach who just so happened to need a job. And his friend, the head coach, brought him in. Now, bam, guess who's the position coach for the defensive line? Joe Blow. Yeah, and and don't think that players don't understand that too. Now, I know your background, I know your history. So if you if you come into a position room, especially around grown men in the NFL, especially around millionaires, and they know you didn't play this position nowhere, uh, uh, it's go it's gonna take a lot to get their respect and also to get their ears. So you you better ask dudes like Aaron Donald or you know you cornerback co- uh, coach like Jalen Ramsey. What do you think about this? What would you do in this situation? So the player end up damn near coaching the coach, bro. <laughs> right, right around. Pretty much, pretty much. Absolutely, because you, you have, you know, you, know you, you get these coaches, they'll ask the player, they'll ask that veteran, that pro bowler, that all pro in the room, what what are you thinking? And at the same time, you're taking notes. Now, I, I, um, you know, I had a, a, a former, as of two weeks ago, offensive coordinator in the league, uh, a guy in our very same division in the NFC West right now. He was just fired probably two weeks ago. And I probably just gave it up, but I remember him as a as a as a not a not a GA. That's something in college. But he was a quality control guy, yeah. and he would sit right in our meeting room because he was learning a, an offense, and he would interview me, and I'd see him take notes, and 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 it's funny how those notes would would be passed to the to the position coach in the room, and he'd stand up in the room, <laughs> and go word for word of what I just told him. As far as, you know, how you beat press coverage or, you know, how do you use your head to, to give a guy an angle? How do you get your angle? How do you stack a guy once you pass a guy? So, it, you know, it was always funny to me. I know guys have a job to do, yeah. but sometimes, man, you do be looking for a little credit up in that job. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's plagiarism, man. You Come on, man. 
Tell the truth <laughs> where you get it from. It's plagiarism, bro. You know that's why you know what I, 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 if you you go on jobs and they be like, look, if you if you have we have a, we have a suggestion box now. If you if you know ways we can do this better, drop your suggestion. But you're not gonna get any money or credit for it now, yeah. bro. You're not getting no suggestion then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're not getting anything. So uh, yeah, I, I saw that man. I just seen some Rams fans talking yeah. about you know they worry because a lot of assistant coaches coming in. It's like man, come on, man. These grown men, man. These dudes. They, they ain't even listening to these dudes half the time unless they really, really, really got some pedigree or really, really got right. a resume. And a lot of these dudes really, really don't be having no huge resume. So, but now, yeah, you're right, yeah. bro. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't call my man out, man, because he's sitting there repeating everything no. you said. It ain't giving you none of your, getting you none of that check. I bet no, he's going no, into no. the coaches' meeting saying Isaac Bruce <laughs> said this. I'm saying this. Come on, bro. That's saying my uncle. No. No, you know what? It was all about winning for me, Doc. And I knew, you know, let's just say if I get hurt, if I get hurt in a game, guess who has to go in? This guy in this room behind me. So it was always my thinking, just, you know, let's get everybody up to speed and to think like a starter. Like, you know, football is a collision sport, man. I mean, one guy goes down, guess who's up? It's that other guy in the room with you right there. So, um, you know, the salary cap is involved. You have the 46 men that can, that can suit up for game day. You know, that's involved. So you have to prepare these guys, every guy in the room, to like he's a starter. You got to get this guy ready to play. And that's the mentality that you want to, want to have in every meeting. Big facts, bro. Big facts. Yeah. Hey, bro, but that's going to do it, though. Anything else you want to add, man, before we get up out of here, bro? Hey, that was that was quick, Doc. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting lathered up, man. Hey, man. I mean, you can keep going if you want to, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah. Keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. I just keep recording nah. on, man. I'll edit it when I come back, man. But, yeah, no, nah, man. Hey, you, you hadn't been here, man. So, you know what I'm saying? We, yeah. we rolled it. I missed you, man. Everybody else missed you, man. So, the conversations always flow, man. But, oh, I do want to do want to give a, a prayer out to Herb Cross, man. The, the uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, man. The, the broadcaster, man. He, you know, uh, he passed away, man. So, you know, appreciate everything you did. You know, I'm a sports broadcaster, so you came before yeah. me. So, appreciate everything you did, everything you had to endure, and everything you accomplished. You know, you helped, you know, cast, you know, young young men like myself uh, show me that, you know, you can make it in this business and this field, uh, regardless of how tough it is and regardless of how many obstacles you have. Yeah, man. The former Philadelphia Eagle, man. Uh, Irv Cross, man, the first black uh, sports analyst hired by a national syndicate uh, uh, television station, man. So that, that's big, man. Uh, I remember seeing him on CVS as a kid and and uh, really didn't understand, you know, that he had formerly played professional football. But at the same time, uh, when, I, when I got more mature and, and, and I really started to realize that and saw him really lead the way for a lot of people, man. It's a lot of it's a, he's a big reason why we see what we see on these other stations, man, with the, with the quote-unquote African-Americans now taking positions like that, man. So big yeah. shout-out to Irv Cross, his family, man. And, you know, from this show, we say thank you. For real, appreciate you. All praises to the most. Anything else, bro, you want to add before we get up out of here, man? That's it, man. That's it, man. Uh, you know, um, you know you're know, you not sure what Purim is, man. Go look it up, man. I mean, go 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 research it. And, uh, you know, it started in a, in a land of captivity. So, you know, we're, we're on point right now. If you want to celebrate it, come next year. Get your T-shirt, man. And not only that, you know, go out and be kind to a family that's less fortunate than you are and uh, bless them in some kind of way. Oh, that's a commandment. That is a commandment. All praises to the most high. Man. Hey, but that's going to do it. For this episode of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday, we out.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.